Alright guys, welcome to a very special edition of the Friday Five Podcast. This is our Thanksgiving special, which I've always wanted to have a special, so this is amazing. This is perfect. And we have a pretty uh, fun topic to talk about today. It's a uh, it's a film that I have loved for many, many years, and when I met my wife, I found out that her brother was a big fan too. So I have Jeff, my brother-in-law, joining us here today. Uh, hello everybody. Uh Brent's brother-in-law, Jeff, uh, fan of the movie we're going to talk about. Yeah, it's it's just, it's one of those films that, you know, I had mentioned to him vaguely um, from us just talking, kind of our love of 80s films, and found out that he loved it, and found out that he loved it as much as I do. So we're going to talk about planes, trains, and automobiles. Probably, gun to my head, if I had to pick top five perfect movies, this would be one of them. I, I don't know how you feel about that, Jeff, but... I was actually talking about that today. I would put it in the top ten for sure. I yeah. would very much consider top five, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, as far as, like, a buddy film and really a movie that just, like, has that really strong 80s feel to it. It's it's it's, it's a movie that's it's funny because it's a movie that can never work today. Because you throw a cell phone into the mix and this entire film would be derailed, you know? Absolutely. Uber would ruin it. <laughs> so many things would ruin it. Well, that's a good point because this is one of the movies you don't dare want to see remade. Man, okay, there was a movie that was made like five, six years ago maybe. It had Robert Robert Downey Jr. and Zach Galifianakis, I think that's how you say it. I don't know if you remember that. I, Due Date, that's the name of it. Um, I've heard people say, well, it's a lot like planes, trains, and automobiles. And I just, I kind of stopped talking to them because I'm like, yeah, we don't, we don't do that. We don't say things like that. So, <laughs> well, that's a, that's a turnoff just from that line. <laughs> <laughs> you don't compare. Yeah. You, you don't. It's, this is just one of the movies that just does not need to be touched. Yeah. No, I, I don't think it will be. I don't think they'll ever go that far because it, because it, I mean, they've never touched The Breakfast Club or, you know, any of the other John Hughes films. So I I think those are kind of off, you know, off the list. I don't think anybody dares kind of tries to recreate that. But um, but Jeff, yeah, tell us a little about yourself. Jeff is in South Carolina. So we're, we're recording this like over the Internet. So forgive us if uh, it sounds wonky every once in a while, but we've never <laughs> I've, I've never done it like this before. So. But, um, Jeff, you're, you're married uh, a couple years or three years, right? Uh, yeah. Three years in July. Nice. Nice. You have a, uh, recently found out some exciting news, right? Yeah. On May the uh, 5th, uh, we'll have our first child together. Uh, and in fact, in three weeks, uh, early December, we'll find out what the gender of the baby is. Are you going to have pretty exciting? Oh, are you going to do a gender reveal? Uh, probably not. Okay, um, good. <laughs> <laughs> no, if you, if you do, there's nothing wrong with that. I just, like some of them, like you can look up gender reveal parties on YouTube 
and they're right. hilarious. Yeah, it's like, like no no shotgun shots, you know, <laughs> burning down fields, no yeah, exploding golf balls, you know, <laughs> <laughs> nothing too um, elaborate. Yeah, but you do want to find out though. I'm one of those people that I, I have to know. Um, I, I don't I don't want to wait until delivery. I'd like to be prepared. <laughs> I don't need that kind of, yeah, I didn't need that kind of stress in my life before Harrison was born. I'm like, look, I, we need to know if it's a boy or a girl, you know, for decoration <laughs> and everything like that. Exactly. And plus, I just want to know. Well, Jeff, I'm so happy you're on here, man. I've been wanting to get you on here for a while, and I, I think, you know, we're going to definitely be getting you on again. This this is going to be a lot of fun. But what we do is when we have somebody new on the show, we do something called the high five, which is basically five questions um, one after another, just answer them immediately. And then we'll go back and actually discuss some of your answers if you'd like to. It's just a, uh, kind of an icebreaker between, you know, you and the audience and maybe get to know you a little bit better based on these really stupid questions. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Are you ready? I, I think I'm ready. I don't know what's coming, but I'm ready. All right, here we go. Name a guilty pleasure song or band. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> honestly, uh, like late 80s country music has become a guilty pleasure recently. Wow. Okay, we'll definitely talk about that. Uh, what TV show would you like to be part of in real life? Like what TV show would you like to be actual life and you jump into that world? Oh, wow. Um, probably... Uh, a MacGyver. <laughs> now, would you be like a terrorist or would you be on MacGyver's side? Uh, definitely on his side. Uh, okay. Hopefully. Yeah, that's just. Ho it's, hopefully on his side. Yeah. That, that's basically the real world, though. It's just MacGyver's in it. But. it exactly. Uh, yeah. Okay. You're in an 80s movie street fight scene. What's your weapon of choice? <laughs> uh, probably a machine gun. <laughs> it's a street fight you don't bring a machine gun to a street fight but okay we'll take that all right quick name a dog a, do a type of dog or a name of a dog the name like you named a dog uh lucy oh there you go which is my actual dog yeah <laughs> if you had to change your full name what would you change it to wow um carl let's Winslow. Go with alex yeah, or carl <laughs> I don't think so. You don't think you can pull uh, off the Carl name? I I don't think I look like a Carl. Not yeah, enough. Not enough uh, weight. That's true. You need to put on about a hundred pounds to be a Carl. So, yeah. all right. Let's go back to your first one. I want to know the late eighties. I mean, are we talking Garth Brooks or what? Your Alabama or oh, your, okay, okay. Uh, uh, so kind of the country pop kind of. Yeah, kind of the country pop. That's not even a yeah. guilty pleasure. That's solid music. I was hoping you'd say something like, I don't know, uh, Beyonce like or something. I don't know. Oh, clearly uh, not. You know, <laughs> to touch on that, you know, I don't even listen to, uh, you know, like top 40 radio or anything anymore. Oh, I, I don't either. I think, I think your wife could do the guilty pleasure stuff a little better. I've seen some of the listings of her favorite bands. If it's anything like it was when she lived at home, I can imagine. <laughs> but uh, let's go to the second one. Uh, TV show you'd like to be part of? Yeah, MacGyver. You know, just just fascinated with the use of the brain. You know, <laughs> thinking your way out of trouble. 
Yeah, uh, and plus you'd be back in the 80s and early 90s, so that'd be fun. Right. And, you know, some of it, you know, was completely ridiculous, like it would never happen, but some of it just seems really possible. Yeah. There's, prob- there, there's probably a guy out there like just like MacGyver. But, uh, machine gun in an 80s street fight scene, that's just, that's a cheat code, basically. It pretty much is. But, I mean, you think about, like, <laughs> if you're thinking 80s, like, you know, when I, the first thing I thought of a street fight was Big Trouble in Little China when he's yes. <laughs> in the truck in the alley. And you yes. had machine guns, poles, you know, knives, swords, feet. And, <laughs> that's... Feet. That's... <laughs> That's the ultimate, probably, 80s street fight. And that's the first thing that popped in my head, is that scene. Yeah. Um, I guess the first thing that always pops up in my head as far as 80s street fight is the movie They Live with um, right. Rowdy Piper. Yeah, they have a yeah. great street fight scene in that movie. Um, name of the dog, Lucy. You already explained that. Uh, full name. I don't think we decided on a full name. We did not decide on a full well, name. Well, I, okay. deci- I decided on your full name, because it's going to be what? Carl Winslow. Carl Winslow? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know about Winslow as a middle name. It's like a family inherited name. <laughs> <laughs> You're Carl Winslow the third, because I guess Eddie well, he didn't yeah. he didn't take his name. True. But let's kind of get into the main topic here. I mean, we're here. It's Thanksgiving Day. Happy Thanksgiving, by the way, to everyone. And I can't I can't think of a better film to discuss on Thanksgiving Day because I don't think there are really are there any other Thanksgiving movies. Uh, not you know the only other one that I generally watch every year is uh, the Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. Yeah, um, but not definitely nothing traditional. I think Garfield has one too. I I don't remember. Maybe he does have a Christmas one. Yeah, uh, Christmas, Halloween. I think he has a Thanksgiving one, but it's not really that known. I don't know. Plane, trains, and automobiles, man. One of the best. All time, and we we want to talk about it here. Je- Jeff and I always talk about the ideal conditions to watch planes, trains, and automobiles. Um, one one of the biggest things we want to do is watch it outside when you're like, yeah. preferably when it's really cold. Yep, it's, you know, the colder the better. Uh, you know, I've I've got a general rule about this. Uh, if we was to do it, uh, it you know, it'd have to be overcast. You know, threat of snow <laughs> possibly. Uh, <laughs> Low 30s, 20s. We could handle it for an hour and a half for this movie. Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, heck, get two blue parkas, you know, put them on and sit, <laughs> sit out there. <laughs> oh, man. I just, yeah. I mean, in your parents' backyard is perfect for that, too. Like, we could get yeah. a projector. Uh, project- proj- oh, yeah. Yeah. And by have- the neighborhood. I mean, oh, if, if I was in the neighborhood, I would come over and watch it. Who wouldn't come watch that? <laughs> They'll know what it is. They would just hear it. If you they would hear the it, opening theme. We would. <laughs> Not a doubt in my mind, one of us. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, let's let's get into the film, man. I mean, we we both love the movie. It's it's one that I I remember the first time I saw it. I was I was watching TV on the couch with my dad, and my my mom and my sisters had gone over to my grandmother's house to help her with Thanksgiving, and we were just flipping through you know the TV, and we came across it, and my dad saw John Candy, and that's really all he needed to stop because he loves John Candy. Um, as I do too, but we just sat there and watched it. It it had just started, I think, and maybe been on for about 10, 15 minutes. And by the end of it, man, man, my dad was choked up. It, it's a, it's a rough movie to watch for the first time. <laughs> as I say, it really is. It, it It's a roller coaster, highs and lows. It really is. It's one of those movies. I think it was John Candy's first kind of, I mean, serious role, maybe. I He might've had something after that or before that, but. Yeah. Uh, you know, 
you know, he was generally, you know, strictly comedy up to this point, I believe. Yeah, and I mean, this this was a big mix. You know, it kind of had a little bit of both. No, it's it's just it's a, it's a great film. It came out in 1987. Um, it definitely shows throughout the movie. It's definitely an 80s movie. You can definitely get that vibe from it. And um, yeah, Steve Martin, John Candy are the two leads. Has a great supporting cast. Has a lot of guys that are 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 actors and actresses that are kind of John Hughes staples in some of, some of his other films. Kevin Bacon's in it for about <laughs> two minutes. <laughs> There's a story behind that, I think. He doesn't even have any dialogue either. He just runs. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Michael McKean is in it, which I didn't really know who that was for the longest time, but he's in the show Better Call Saul. Um, If you've seen that, it's Saul's brother. So it's like I recognized him when I watched Planes, Trains recently. I was like, okay, I know him from somewhere. Um, And, and, you know, our parents would uh, know him from the show Laverne and Shirley. Oh, was he in that? Okay. I'm pretty sure he was in that. Okay. It was their first movie together, too, which I I think we forget sometimes how big of a pairing that was, you know? Martin and Candy were kind of at both at the top of their game at the time. And plus you had John Hughes. It's kind of a perfect mix. It really is. Uh, you know, touching on John Hughes, um, you know, typically he was he targeted his movies toward a teenage audience. Yeah. I don't. I can't really think of any other movies that he's done that is like this one. That's true. That's a good point. Um, you've, you've got the Breakfast Club. You've got uh, Pretty what, Pink. Sixteen Can't Sixteen Candles. Is that him? Yeah. Uh, Home Alone. Pretty in Pink, right? That's him. Yeah, but it just seems like everything that he did was geared towards you know teenagers, kids. Mm-hmm. Where where this one is not. And, Ironically, this one is easily his best film to me. Yeah, it still maintains that John Hughes feel to it, you know. One thing I found out when I was doing a little bit of research for it, the the original plot, which I, I don't know. Because John Hughes wrote the film in like three to four days. He wrote it like less than a week because it's based off an actual experience that he had while trying to get to, I think, to Chicago from New York to Chicago. But I don't know if this was originally the pitched plot to it or what. But anyways, it was John Candy would be a vampire. And he was bent on trying to get Steve Martin to invite him to his family's house. Because apparently vampires can only enter a house if they've been invited. (laughs) That's true. Uh, Oh, okay. I didn't know that. I think uh, the movie or the TV show True Blood was like that, I believe. Okay. But apparently that was one of the pitched ideas for the film. And I'm like, that's now that would be taking it just to the slapstick, you know, comedy. And, you know, it it, it would have been doing the two actors a lot of injustice to do that. As far as what they could put out, kind of being watered down for a plot like that. But apparently the chemistry that he saw between John Candy and Steve Martin, I guess, in like the test screenings or, or not test screenings, but uh, auditions or whatever. He loved it so much he removed the vampire plot and in favor of a more wholesome Thanksgiving theme, which thank God, you know. Have, yes, absolutely. It's which just, is, it seems too campy, you know? Exactly. Yeah, it it, it certainly would have been forgotten. Yeah, I, I need to dig more into that. I couldn't find a lot of uh, information about that, but I don't, I don't see that being something John Hughes wrote and then decided to go another route <laughs> at all. But, um, yeah, they, they've called it their favorite movie, and I can see why, um, for sure. It's it's one of those movies that if you were a big fan of John Candy, like I was, and I know you were, and 
millions of other people. It it's kind of adds like an extra layer of emotion on it now that he is gone. Yeah. And yeah, this is, I would guess would be the movie where, you know, most people, you know, fell in love with him as an actor. Most likely. Yeah. I mean, it's probably his best he, role. Best acting yeah, role at least. Yeah. I, I completely agree with that. Yeah, let's get into the film. I think we're just going to talk about, you know, start at the beginning, work our way to the end, and just talk about some of our favorite moments and scenes and kind of go from there. We want to give a proper tribute to one of our favorite movies here. And we figure this is a good time of year to do it. Kick us off, man. Okay. Uh, well, you know, the movie starts off there. Uh, you're in one of those long meetings <laughs> that's not going anywhere and uh, basically causes all the problems to begin with in the movie where he misses his flight because the director yeah, right. of this company will not make a decision. You're which, right. That that kind of kicks off everything. Absolutely everything. And, you know, you're going to miss the six. <laughs> <laughs> he, yeah, I mean, it, Neil Page, which is Steve Martin's character, um, he's a businessman. He's trying to get back home to Chicago. He's, he's stuck in a meeting, which I think is in New York, I'm assuming. It is in New York, yeah. Okay. And he's at a meeting. The meeting's going long. He has a flight coming up in probably 45 minutes. And he is rushing to go catch his flight. But unfortunately, while trying to catch a cab, he comes across Kevin Bacon, which, <laughs> dang it, Kevin Bacon. <laughs> With his agility, just outmaneuvered him to the cab. He was a younger guy. It wasn't really fair. He was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of makes me wonder, like, if they shot that scene, because there's a, the scenes in New York, and they're both running towards the same cab. If, like, everyone is an extra, or if they just let him loose... Are just like run, you know. This is where Steve Martin's running. There's a guy that like dances in front of him and like gets in his way. <laughs> I always remember that part. I always kind of cringe at that part because I'm like, what's that guy doing? I mean, it looks like he it looks like he was like accomplices with Kevin Bacon. It was like it does. He gets right in front of him and break dances. The perfect deflect. It he, really he is. Had no, he had no chance. I think that's what messes him up. Well, then he trips, too, trying to get to the he cab. Does. and Trying to cross the street. Yep. And because, you know, I guess sharing a cab in New York isn't a thing. Kevin Bacon just basically says, screw you, and gets in the cab and takes off. Well, uh, he, he salutes him on the way off, doesn't he? Or, or yeah. gives him a wave. Yeah, he gives him a little salute. I'm like, dude, come on. It's Thanksgiving like, season. Nice try, you know? <laughs> He's, I salute you for your try. But my breakdancer found you. <laughs> uh, well, then he then he gets another cab. Well, he no, he sees another guy hail a cab, right? And he uh, he he has to pay for the cab like seventy five dollars. <laughs> well, I think he offers. What does he do? He offers twenty five. The guy says fifty. And anybody that can pay fifty would surely pay seventy five. Seventy five. You're a thief. I'm an attorney. Now you're an attorney, and you're that big of a jerk i mean exactly. come on yeah, like he needs 75 dollars you know yeah i never really got that i never really got that part because he's like uh happy thanksgiving or you have a merry christmas or no not merry christmas have a happy thanksgiving he's like yeah this will help i'm like yeah. he's probably just used to screwing people over <laughs> it's just his natural thing now i can't remember he he gets the cab what delete what delays well, him in actually getting in the cab? Because there's a delay. 
exactly he's paying the guy the attorney and while he's giving him the money the cab driver's already throwing Dell's steamer trunk in the back of the taxi cab <laughs> unknown to Nilda he didn't know Dell at this time but Dell John Candy's character yeah you do see him don't you yeah he he, st- he steals this cab and <laughs> then uh Neil Page goes on chase and he catches up with them. Does he open the door? I think he, he either opens the door or the windows down. Might be the but, window. You know, you know, Dell turns around with a startled look like, you know, <gasps> you know. It's oh, like he's being robbed. What did I do? <laughs> <laughs> he really didn't do anything wrong. I mean, he just saw a, a cab ready to go. I wish they would. I, I always picture Dell running across the street with that trunk. And I'm trying, I don't know how he got there that fast. <laughs> dragon you know yeah scraping up the road you never really think about it during the film which i guess i guess you might but i guess i always didn't is that he takes that trunk everywhere he has a massive trunk we get to the airport and the flight is canceled our flight is delayed or canceled i think because of a uh, snow right i think there's a pretty bad snowstorm yes there's a snowstorm uh well it was a snow no they're there's... not on the plane at a normal time he just happened to see him you know sitting at the gate it was uh they got diverted to Wichita in mid-flight. That's right. I think it was just delayed. It was delayed. Then they still got on the same plane, going to Chicago. Yeah, and while they're on the on the flight, they get diverted, like you said, because of a snowstorm. But you know, Neil Neil gets on the plane. He has a first-class ticket. There's a problem. He has to fly coach. And sure enough, who does he sit by? Del Griffith. Del Griffith. <laughs> Um, actually he's in the middle of a three-row seat even worse (laughs) he kind of he kind of met him earlier at the airport before they boarded he noticed him as the guy that stole his cab dell was horrified he offered him many things in compensation but oh yeah many things mint tea hot dog (laughs) lifesaver a beer Uh, but i just showed you know what kind of heart the guy had right off right off the beginning yeah he felt bad but, Which is funny because you know he's reading like a a smut mo- a, a smut novel, <laughs> the Canadian Mountain. The Canadian Mountain, which is not a real book, by the way. We've looked. <laughs> I was actually going to buy it for you for Christmas one year. <laughs> oh man, I wish it was real. But it's funny that they make things like that for movies, you know, like prop pieces. Yeah, yeah, and kind of going back to, you know, when he gets to the airport, he's talking to, you know, Dell and whatever. I was reading that no airport wanted to have their name on any of this because they didn't want to look like they were, like they were disorganized. Yeah, just, yeah, incompetent, just, you know, disorganized, you know. So, so no company wanted to put their name on it, which that's understandable. I think the same went for like a lot of the cars in the film and stuff like that. But anyways, they, they get on the flight. His ticket's messed up. He's sitting dead center, middle seat between Dell and a very old gentleman. I don't know. What do you think? Dell couldn't be happier. Uh, you know, I forget what he says uh, when he walks up to him on the plane and sees that he's in his row. He he does say something to him, <laughs> but, you know, he's happy as could be. He's laughing about it. Yeah, he's thrilled. I mean, he just, I don't know. It. it <sighs> That's what that's what makes it so sad in the film. I mean, the film has sad moments, but it's I don't want it to come across like we're trying to describe the film like it's just a uh, a sad movie that's not fun to watch because that's not it at all. It's a hilarious movie, but I think John Candy's death does have a lot to do with it with me. Like just his character is so sweet. 
He's such a nice guy. He just wants a friend, man. And, Neil you know, doesn't. <laughs> no, he, you know, he's like the typical person, you know, just cynical and, you know, mm-hmm. you know, I'm ready to get home. I, you know, I don't want to be bothered with conversation. Yeah. Which is kind of understandable. I mean, he's, he's had kind of a rough day, but at the, yes. at the same time, you know, he, he doesn't want to talk. He's not much of a conversationalist. I believe that's what he tells Dell. I never did introduce myself. Dell Griffith. American Light and Fixture, Director of Sales, Shower Curtain Ring Division. I sell shower curtain rings. Best in the world. And you are? Uh, Neil Page. Neil Page. Pleased to meet you, Neil Page. So what do you do for a living, Neil Page? Marketing. Marketing. Super. Super. Fabulous. Isn't that nice? Uh, look, I don't want to be rude, but uh, I'm not much of a conversationalist, and I'd pretty like to finish this article. A friend of mine wrote it, so... Don't let me stand in your way. Please don't let me stand in your way. The last thing I want to be remembered as is an annoying blabbermouth. <laughs> you know, nothing grinds my gears worse than some chowder head who doesn't know when to keep his big trap shut. Um, and then they'll proceeds to take his shoes off, and his socks, I believe. So... <laughs> Which that would bother anybody. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is kind of pushing that, it. Does he not like whirlwind the socks? He, twir- around? <laughs> he twirls the sock around. It's bad enough he has both socks off. That he's like, whew, and he's like twirling it in the air like a like a flag or a bandana at a football game or something. Oh. Oh, that feels good. Oh, God, I'm telling you. My dogs are barking today. Oh. (laughs) That feels better. Dude. But, so, yeah, I mean, Neil's horrified. I think we can basically come to that conclusion. Now, there's a... totally side with him on that part. Yeah, you can understand that part. Because I can imagine that happening to you on a plane. Oh, I'd I mean, die. look out. <laughs> nah. There's a deleted scene that I've never understood why it's deleted that takes place during this plane plane ride. Uh, it's the, the infamous dinner scene <laughs> that when it, when it shows on TV, it's there. But on the Blu-ray, DVD, whatever, it's not there. It's separate as a deleted scene. It's a deleted scene, yes. I hate that. It's I don't know why it's one of my favorite scenes, but it is. There's something about, like, they basically get served dinner, and it looks like trash. You can tell it's been heated and reheated a million times before then because of the flight delay. Um, there's just, there's something about Neil's reaction to it and then Dell's reaction to it that sums up their characters so, so well. Dell, Dell, you would think Dell was at a five star restaurant. <laughs> he's dig in. <laughs> yeah, he's like, this is fantastic. But then Dell decides he's going to just eat the brownie, and then what happens? Do you remember? I, I don't remember. Well, ne- yeah, Neil says he, I'll just have the brownie. I'll, I'll eat that. He basically gives Dell and the old gentleman beside him everything else. And right as he's about to pick up the brownie, the girl in front of him flips her hair back and. Her long hair lands directly in the brownie. That's right. This did not stop Dell from still eating it. <laughs> he parted the girl's hair, <laughs> reached in, 
And because he's such a sweet guy, he asks the old man if he wants to have it. (laughs) 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 And the old man was very willing. Yeah, it it gets, we kind of mentioned earlier, because of the snowstorm in Chicago, it gets, you know, it lands in Wichita instead. Take us from there, man. What What's going on in Wichita other than madness, I guess? Total chaos in the airport. There's people sleeping on the floor, people in the waiting area, <laughs> phone lines jammed up. Uh, Neil's on the phone trying to get on another flight. But uh, Dale, looking out for the group, went ahead and called Braidwood. <laughs> He's already established him as a group. That's so great. I won't get into the story here, a long story, but I had almost the exact similar situation happened to me when I flew to South Carolina one time. I might tell that at the end. But yeah, Dale, Dale was a traveling salesman, basically. So he knew a lot of people. So he's, I'm assuming he's been to Wichita before. So he already had connections. The Braidwood. That, yeah. I mean, that was, that, that's his go-to place when he's there. And what, what did Dale sell, though? Oh, shower curtain rings. Of course. Which I believe he showed him on the plane, right? He, did, did he not have? Yes. He had a little. Like a little display. <laughs> <laughs> he had like a little, I don't know what it is, something with like a flap on it. And he, un- he opened the flap and there were like a display of shower curtain rings. Which I don't even think there is such a thing. I I don't think shower so. Shower curtain ring salesman. I'm thinking he steals them from the hotel and then just resells them, which I don't know why anybody would buy them. But anyways, you got to do what you got to do, I guess. But, <laughs> but um, Neil can't get a hotel. It's it, it, That's hard enough to do when a plane's delayed or canceled. It's it's a very similar situation to what I went through. But I guess Dell Del pretty much sees that he's kind of in distress and uh, lets him know that he already has our hotel for the night. Who gets now? Okay, the cab ride because Gus or um, Dell says that he you know he knows a guy who can take him there. How does he know all these people, and why does he know the, this one specific guy? Because this is an interesting cab ride. <laughs> uh, it's got lifters on the cab. It has many <laughs> you know, things on the cab. Carpet, <laughs> carpet, and... R-rated pictures within the cab. I believe. Yes, it does. He, it's um, not the type of cab you would just willingly get into. More of a party cab, I guess. Oh, yeah. He's got the music blaring. <laughs> uh, he takes the long route, you know, <laughs> to the Braidwood. And he's <laughs> Steve Martin, Neil, you know, he says, you know, are we ever going to get there? You know, what's taking so long? And Dale's <laughs> like. You know, he's just proud of his town. <laughs> That's rare these days. <laughs> and Neil said, Neil's like, it's nighttime. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the cab company's name is Doobies, I believe. I, I believe it's Doobies. I, I, I'm not 100% sure. But we're going to say Doobies, which that's not shocking at all. No, you know, when the cab parks at the hotel, it, it, you know, it lowers down, you know, just <laughs> yeah. centimeters from the road. One part, like a little like thing in the movie that's always bugged me is that uh, before they get out of the car, Dell says, you know, take care of the, the luggage. And if you watch the guy, the driver just sits there the entire time as they walk in. He never moves, which, you know, it's just a I guess they didn't tell the actor to get out of the car. But right. like, he's going to drive off with that stuff. What's the name of the guy at the Braidwood? Take us, take us from, uh, take us from there. Uh, well, it's Gus. Uh, old Gus. Old Gus, happy as can be that Dale's there. You know, <laughs> how are you? Wait a minute, stop there. 
<laughs> That's true. He hears Dell's voice, and that man pops up. You know, like, it's the first time you've seen family in a year. Yeah, it's probably been a while. Gus looks like he's on death's door. He, he's very old, but uh, luckily he's got a room to, to sell. <laughs> Unfortunately, that would be the last room in the entire place. Which, during this the transaction at the Braidwood, they get their plastic, their credit cards mixed that, up. I was going to ask you about that, because... It kind of go, the camera kind of cuts to the cards kind of fast, but they are similar looking cards. They're both like gray, I believe. Yeah, they're Diners Club cards. Okay. I believe. And that's where they get mixed up then. Okay. Because they do kind of focus on them for a, longer than normal, so they're kind of giving yeah, you a little hint there. And one of those old credit card machines that, you know. <laughs> I always <laughs> like those. I don't know why. But when you slide, yeah. yeah imp- imprints the credit card number on the, <laughs> yeah. the bill. <laughs> And they're horrified to find out it's only one room. But you know what? It's better than sleeping at the airport. Then they open the door to the room and... One bed. (laughs) A twin bed. Actually, I think it's like a queen, but... Oh, yeah. I mean, it's... it's, I don't know, man. I I think it's a twin. (laughs) Neil's eyes and Dell's eyes, too, honestly, cut right to it. Oh, they both look right at each other. <laughs> Neil looks a little more horrified than <laughs> Del. Del's, Del's like, kind of laughs about it. He's like, yeah, whatever. This will be fun. And, I mean, there's a perfectly good chair sitting beside the bed. Somebody could have slept in that chair, technically, but they want to get a good night. What an uncomfortable sleep, though. Well, yeah. They wanted a good night's rest. And sleeping on the floor of the hotel, especially the Braidwood, is not even an option. We There there wasn't much floor. I, I don't know if they could have laid between... <laughs> The sides of the bed. It's a very small room. Yeah. A cab ride, yeah, yeah, it was a great cab ride. Uh, you don't see cabs like that too often, you know. You want to take a shower? No. No, I meant if you want to go first or not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you thought I... No, go ahead. Oh, I would... <laughs> what do you think I am? That's probably one of my favorite scenes in the entire film. I, I think that's the scene my dad, like, almost started crying laughing on. <laughs> it's just so funny because it's taken out of context. Yeah, you want to take a shower? No. <laughs> yeah. Dale's, oh, right. I, Dale's like, I didn't mean together. <laughs> Neil's reaction is so horrific. Like, no. No. Like, oh, God. Yeah. What did I get myself into? But, um,. <laughs> There's so much that happens, man. I mean, during this, I mean, you could definitely say this might be the most important scene in the entire film. The shower scene? Or... Oh, no, not the, not the shower scene. <laughs> the Braidwood, just the entire Braidwood uh, experience. Absolutely. It's probably probably the most memorable part of the movie for most people. Top two, for sure. Yeah. And it's, you know, it, I always thought it was funny how Dell just makes himself at home immediately. He's He's good. He's good to go. He's on the bed with some snacks. Oh, yeah. Cigarettes, you know, he's smoking. <laughs> he's drinking a beer. <laughs> yeah, he has a few cans of beer strewn out on the bed, ready to go. I think there's Gets a vibrating loose change bed. out of his pocket. Yeah, pulls out the loose change. <laughs> smoking a cigarette. He's comfortable. He's fine. It's like, this is great. And I have a buddy here to talk to. 
D Nils surviving basically. This is a he goes into survival mode. I'm gonna try to make this work. It's a slumber party for Dell. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, this is a fun night. Well, you know, just before that, he he had already taken a shower, which he probably used all the hot water, most yes. of it, uh, every towel except for a rag. <laughs> all the floor the, is soaked. All the hand towels. It's a disaster. <laughs> it, it would look like you know, like you know, like a six-year-old you know was in there <laughs> taking a shower. You know, the curtain wide open, water <laughs> pouring out everywhere. <laughs> I like to think he didn't close the curtain the whole way. He's like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, then it's, then it's basically time to go to sleep. And that's where Dell he, he kind of starts his nightly routine, I guess, of clearing, clearing his sinuses. I don't know what he's doing. There, there's some yeah, bad stuff going hypo, on. He's got a hypoallergenic, hypoallergenic pillow, you know. You know that's he, he, true. Wouldn't use, <laughs> he wouldn't use the pillows there. Yeah, he said he would basically suffocate. And then, you know, uh, you know, after Neil takes a shower, he uh, comes back and he's crawling in the bed. He's like, I can't believe you spilled beer all over the bed. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Dale says, well, you know, it never really occurred to me, you know, that they were on a vibrating bed. <laughs> I was thinking about that. I'm like, that would have to be a heck of a powerful bed. <laughs> So he just, he's sitting there, vibrating bed, Neil's in the shower, beer can just laying over the bed. I guess he cracked one while Neil was in the shower and didn't say anything. It's like, oh no, he tried to like cover it up or something. Yeah, this was already here, you know. Yeah, oh, I don't know what that is. Get Gus, you know. Gus, come on. Call the front desk. <laughs> now there, there are some deleted scenes I've never seen the deleted scenes. I'm sure they exist somewhere, but I know in the trailer for the movie, they show some stuff happening happening at the Braidwood that's not in the actual movie. I, I know there's a scene or a picture I saw of Neil eating pizza at the hotel. So I guess they order pizza, and they they mention the pizza later if you listen to it later on in the movie. They mention in the uh, theatrical trailer. Yes. Pictures? Okay. I don't know if you see the pizza part in the theatrical trailer, but there's a like a promo pic of him eating pizza. But I think it is in the theatrical trailer. But um, the pizza scene gets mentioned later in the film, so it's it was part of the movie at one point. But, but yeah, anyways, they're in bed. It seems like it might work out. Apparently, Dell can't sleep. So he, I, he grabs a book. Is that the same book? It, yep, yeah, it's still the Canadian Mounted. He, which he, he reads by, you know... A cigarette lighter as his light. <laughs> and then I guess Dell gets tired and decides he's going to go to sleep, but he has to uh, clear his sinuses first and just unleashes the most obnoxious sounds you've ever heard in your entire life. Yeah, it. I. I don't even know how you would even describe it. I think. Know, I think instead of describing it, you should try to impersonate it. To do it. <laughs> why don't Why don't you take care of that one? <laughs> Presses his fingers up against his nose and just snorts. Now the just, thing he does, the thing he does that sound like he's like. Mm -hmm. 
I don't know what that is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so I, like, I guess, you know, he flushed out what was in the sinus cavity and he's, oh, you know, geez. clearing it out of his throat. <laughs> Apparently he has, you know, a, a lot of troubles sleeping. <laughs> well, yeah, he has to have to bring his own pillow and everything like that. One of my favorite parts of that scene, though, is I think right before that is when he starts, you just hear him scratching. You just hear, <laughs> and then you hear like a, <laughs> you hear like a pop. So it's obviously was, but some something of the old elastic band. Yeah, that thing messes it up. Um, there's something about like not seeing him, any kind of movement, but you just hear him scratching his leg or something. It's just oh, yeah, because the lights are off already. Yeah, Neil's trying to go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> he's like i'm ready to get to sleep get this over with let's you know let's get to, the faster we get to sleep the better but neil snaps neil eventually has enough of it he snaps and <laughs> pretty he's pretty mean to dell but it's it's understandable i think i mean and i mean i don't really know when cuts I'm, him apart yeah i've never actually talk like that to a person you know just well no it's absolutely just destroy their character yeah i guess for him to be frustrated is understandable now what he says to dell is really cruel i mean it's pretty mean you're no saint you got a free cab you got a free room and someone who'll listen to your boring stories i mean didn't you didn't you notice on the plane when you started talking eventually i started reading the vomit bag didn't that give you some sort of clue? Like, hey, maybe this guy's not enjoying it. And Dell just kind of sits, you know, he stands there and takes it. But you can tell it's hurting his feelings. You know, it, you know, at first they're they're a little bit arguing back and forth, but Neil takes it a little too far. You know, he he hurts his feelings pretty bad. You know, almost where he was really ready to cry. Oh yeah, yeah. And then uh, you know that leads to one of the best scenes of the movie. Yeah, I mean, it, it leads to the scene where if you weren't on Dell's side before, you definitely are now. You want to hurt me? Go right ahead if it makes you feel any better. I'm an easy target. Yeah, you're right. I talk too much. I also listen too much. I could be a cold-hearted cynic like you. But I don't like to hurt people's feelings. Well, you think what you want about me. I'm not changing. I like, I like me. My wife likes me. My customers like me. Because I'm the real article. What you see is what you get. You know, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely an emotional speech that he, that he gives. And, um, I think, I think Neil kind of calms down. It works. Neil stays. <laughs> he does. Hey, you, you, it's instant regret. Yeah, yeah. He, he's not a bad person, and you know, is like, oh crap, you know, I've I've screwed up here. Yeah, he realizes that what he said was pretty pretty mean. One of my favorite parts about that scene, though, is after Neil, you know, kind of realizes he's messed up. Dell goes to bed, and then <laughs> looking do you at know him, what I'm, you know, what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. And then when he looks back, he, he, he turns back over and flips the covers over him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Neil's kind of feeling bad. Then Neil glances over at Dell on the bed and Dell's, yeah, 
he's kind of halfway twisted over staring at Dell. <laughs> and then he kind of gets embarrassed that he got caught. Almost <laughs> like if he was having a fight with your spouse, you know, and, <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, make the next move. Yeah, yeah. And they finally get sleep. They get robbed during the night. Somebody breaks into their hotel and basically <laughs> empties their wallets. Yeah, takes all the cash. Takes everything. They make it through the night. They're asleep. The camera is panning over and we see quite an interesting sight in the morning. Uh, <laughs> we see some uh, spooning action. <laughs> yes. It's a full on spoon. <laughs> <laughs> that's honest to God, dude. That's probably one of the top scenes in film that I don't know how they made it through it without laughing. I'm sure there there, there was possibly hundreds of cuts <laughs> of that. There had to I, have I, been. I, I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine. I, I guess they're both they're both thinking that their significant other is that they're with them. Um, they're cuddled up next to each other, and Dale is holding uh, Neil's hand, gives him a little kiss on the ear. Dale, oh. oh. why did you kiss my ear? Why are you holding my hand? Where's your other hand? Between two pillows. Those aren't pillows. Ah! Ah! Those aren't pillows. (laughs) The scream. I love the scream. You know, know, they're shaking and see all those bears. See the bears game last week. Yeah. I was going to say they named the uh, Blu-ray movie. The Blu-ray the, release. Those, those aren't, aren't pillows. Edition, edition. Right? Yeah, it's that famous of a line. Next thing I think they're eating breakfast. Why does it? Why does the money come up? Oh, I think I think Neil they goes to, to pay for the breakfast, right? And he's like, well, I, since I've paid for everything already, why break you know <laughs> tradition here? Isn't Dell like? I just feel like I'm freeloading. <laughs> Which you know the money wasn't there. It was not there. And he's like, I had seven hundred and fifty dollars in here. <laughs> How much money did Dell have? Do you remember? I, I believe it was two hundred and fifty something dollars. I think you it's know, around about a quarter that quarter yeah. of what Neil had, and he's like, "Count it. If there's a penny more, you can call <laughs> me a thief." They they have no money. We were robbed. Do you think so? I think Neil has his diners club card or something. Yeah, they they were left with their their credit cards. Yeah, he's just a you know like a petty thief. He he come in, took the cash. Now and he's did- gone. Okay, I have a question. I'm, I'm just not thinking about this. When they're eating breakfast, are they eating at the Braidwood? Because they don't get a ride until after that. They There must have been be like a diner in the same parking lot. You know, hotels are generally like that. There's something close by. Yeah, yeah. But it, it could have been at the Braidwood. I'm, it I don't wasn't, know. It you know, like too a nice. continental breakfast where you fix it yourself. I mean, they had actual waitresses in yeah. the bar. So it was somewhere they probably walked to. Cause they didn't, I mean, they didn't have a car or anything, but. But uh, Gus's son is nice enough to give him a ride, which Gus's son is kind of a story in itself. <laughs> he obviously has something wrong with him. His name's but Owen, right? Owen, yes. Just get me to the train station and I'll take care of everything else. Oh, I got that all covered. Gus's son's going to pick us up. This is not him, is it? Gee, I hope not.
trust his son? I'm Owen. <laughs> you the shower curtain fella? Yeah. Yeah, Del Griffin. He's got this weird, like, twitch, you know, Owen, when he gets done talking, kind of like a, I don't know what, a snort. The trunk's loaded in the back of Owen's truck, and they have to ride in the back. There's no room in the front. So, <laughs> Gus brings the, Gus brings the whole family. <laughs> oh, no, not Gus, Owen. Owen, Owen, Owen brings the whole yeah. family. Yeah. Yep, one car family. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well... They're riding to the uh, to the train station, which there apparently wasn't a train station in Wichita, so they had to go to the next town. So it was a long uh, ride in the back of the truck, where they touch on the temperature, they're freezing to death. <laughs> and uh, Neil asks Dell, you know, what is the temperature? <laughs> when she replies, I don't know, one. One. <laughs> <laughs> So they're freezing, and there's also a dog in the back of the truck trying to attack them. <laughs> mainly just you know. Del. I mainly just Neil. Neil yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he he nipped at me, you know. <laughs> Let me ask you about that scene because he Neil reaches down for some gloves. Are those his gloves, or just some gloves he found in the back of the truck? It, it looked like just a pair of work gloves because you know they, <laughs> he was they, that they were sitting on hay. Like there there was hay in the back of the truck. That's true. Neil was looking for anything. His he was going. You know, we're in frostbite territory. You know, they get to the train station. Dell knows a again, guy. <laughs> like always, he does. But uh, Neil buys the tickets. You know, he he pays for everything on this, you know, trip back home. But uh, he basically purposely separates from Dell. You know, you, on the train. Here. Do you think that's what happened? I do. I, I you know, that's I'm true. sure he wanted to get away. I, didn't, I never thought about that. Yeah, because he says they didn't have seats together. I wonder if he purposely did that. Yeah, uh, that's what I took from the movie. And, you okay. know, Dale's like, oh, you know, oh, what a shame. You know, but yeah, you know, let's let's meet up in the bar. You know, and yeah, Neil, no, you know, Neil's like, no. So I think at that point in the movie, he was trying to get away from him. I like how Dale blames it on it being a new guy. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, he must be new. <laughs> yeah, he must be new. Like he doesn't know who I am or something. Like. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't give you the Del Griffith discount? Which, you know, uh, so they split up at this point. You're not sure what's going to happen, but we've already seen the bad luck that Neil has had. You know, planes delayed, trouble at the hotel. And what do you know? The train breaks down. One in a million odds is going against him right now. I don't think that ever happens. <laughs> the train just dies. <laughs> But at this point, they're you know they team up back together. He he feels bad for him when he's dragging his trunk through a field. Yeah, they they basically tell him they need to walk what like a mile or something. They have to they have to walk like yeah. a mile to the highway, and somebody will pick you up. Yeah, over some rough pasture. You know, it wasn't like yeah. flat ground. Yeah, and you know, Dell's you know he's looking for him. <laughs> That's right. He, That's, <laughs> it's sad. <laughs> <laughs> he's trying to scope it out. But but Neil sees him. Neil, you know, Neil does have a heart. He sees him trying to drag that giant trunk, and he helps him out. And then they're back together again, which uh, they happen to get a ride from the train to St. Louis. So they must have broke down somewhat close to St. Louis. Yeah. So between Wichita and Chicago, St. Louis is probably about the halfway point. Now they're going to try a bus. <laughs> I mean, I can't think of a worse way to travel. I really can't. <laughs> 
I would pretty much try to choose any other way. Yeah. And I'm, I'm pretty sure Neil has never been on a bus. I don't think he has because doesn't Dell ask him? I, I He might. I think he said, are, are, have you ever ridden on a bus basically? And um, I don't remember what he says, but basically Dell warns Neil that it's going to be horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Even Dell thinks it's bad. Well, Neil, you know, he was, he's probably too high class, you know, to ride the bus. He's, you know, he's flying and, he, yeah. you know, he's a hustle. First class. Guy. Yeah, flying first class. <laughs> Obviously has a good job. But, but then they, uh, they do get to St. Louis. I don't, yeah, the bus is, the, God, dude, the bus is the only thing in the movie that doesn't die. Dell kind of goes into uh, salesman mode, huh? The best salesman mode, I mean. <laughs> And he's selling shower curtain rings as earrings. How do you do, ma'am? My name is Del Griffith. I'm with the American Light and Fixture Company, Jewelry Division. And I've got the deal of a lifetime for you. Do you have a minute? This is your Diane Sawyer autographed earring. You ever watch 60 Minutes? Thanks. This is Czechoslovakian ivory. That's, that's, that's $5. Great. This is your Walter Cronkite moon ring. Thank you. They are filled with helium, so they're very light. Which, Five dollars a pair? Perfect. Uh, Two Wal- for seven? The Walter <laughs> Cron- Cronkite uh, moon rings. Earrings. <laughs> they're filled with helium. <laughs> <laughs> and this is where I think they eat again, and this is kind of where it goes sour again, I believe. Because I think this is this is Neil kind of realizing that he's missed his kid's uh, Thanksgiving pageant. That's right. Yes, and they're eating supper, I guess. I, I don't recall. Um, and Neil decides, kind of, you know, to kind of tell Dell that you know we kind of want to go our separate ways. I want to, I want to, yeah. I want to break up. <laughs> it's not working. We're not out. getting anywhere. We're not getting <laughs> anywhere together. I, you know, I think if we split up, we'll, we'll be better off. And Dell looks like somebody just told him his dog died. He's heartbroken. Yeah, he's hurt again. Yeah, because he he, he, t- he takes offense to it this time. <laughs> Doesn't he try to give Neil some of his money? He does. He he feels like he needs to pay him back. Yeah, or, or, yeah, or give him. Yeah, oh yeah, that's right. He does need to pay him back technically. I guess the waiter, the waitress, got a really big tip because Neil doesn't take it. Yeah, leave the money. Leave it. <laughs> yeah, but this is where um, this is where Neil rents a car. You don't really see that process. You just see Neil being dropped off to pick up the car. Of course, the car's not there, but it looks like the car was stolen. Uh, tire marks, you know, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> get, get out of this spot as quick as possible. Yeah, there's no car. And Neil was pretty much stranded at the car lot, which is a considerable amount of ways. Yeah, because um, he was dropped off, you know, by a shuttle. Yeah, and then it kind of leads into the most foul mouth tirade in any movie scene maybe ever. It's pretty much the scene that made the movie R. Because there's nothing else in that movie. No. Yeah, I mean, there's absolutely. some mild language, maybe. Mild, mild language. But I think this is what put it over the edge. <laughs> absolutely. It's a draw, a jaw-dropping. <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's one of those movies, it's one of those points that if you've only ever seen it on TV, and then you watch it unedited, you're like, whoa, okay. Yeah, and see, that was surprising to me, because, you know, you know, I probably, like you, seen it on TBS or TNT, you know, something like that. TBS played it, like, even during the summer, I think. And then uh, we had gotten HBO at one point, <laughs> and Dad was watching it, and it was just like, oh my gosh, you know, I didn't know that was in the movie. <laughs> he basically drops the F-bomb, what, 20 uh, times? 
probably within you know thirty seconds. <laughs> yeah. He he goes he goes back. Yeah, I mean he he does all this because he goes back to the uh, the uh, rent a car terminal and basically tells him to screw off. <laughs> He's like, you left me in the <laughs> middle of nothing. You know, give me a car now. <laughs> an effing Chevy, an effing Ford, an effing, you know, just Oh, constant. yeah, just on and on. Well, the, the and, woman know, is pretty obnoxious, too. She is. You know, she's she's gobbling like a turkey when he walks up, so, you know, he's already disgusted. <laughs> he already wants to kill everyone, yeah. And, you know, back to Neil's bad luck, you know, he, he fell down the overpass. Oh, yeah, yeah. He had <laughs> thrown his rental agreement away. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, when he first sees the car is gone and he gets left, he just chunks that rental agreement. <laughs> he just tosses it, which, you know, nowadays that would never happen. You just pull up your phone, but, you know. You know, his hat was run over. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite parts of that scene, kind of going back before he gets to the woman and curses, is it looks like he's actually walking on the runway. Like, there, yeah, there's, there's planes a, taking off. There's a massive plane landing, which appears to be like 50 feet away. <laughs> <laughs> like, never get by with that these days. Yeah. Oh, no, you'd be shot. Yeah. <laughs> there's somebody on the runway. But anyways, he doesn't have any luck with... I don't know what his plan is at this point in the movie, honestly. He goes to get a cab. That's it. He, he's... I'm taking a cab to Chicago. Uh, I guess. St. Louis. Yeah, I figure... I figure he thinks when he gets there, he can go in the house and get the money or something because he didn't have any money, but he doesn't quite get to that cab. <laughs> no, and it's actually one of my f- favorite lines that he says in the movie at this part is oh, yeah? when he's, he, uh, he's talking to the cab driver. He, he's like, I want a cab to Chicago. And the cab driver's <laughs> like, don't you know you're in St. Louis? You know, he's like, why don't you try the airlines free meal? And he's like, <laughs> And Neil goes, well, if I wanted a joke, I'd watch you go to the bathroom and take a leak. (laughs) Neil is just like in full terror mode. He wants to fight everyone. That's right. The cab driver's offended, but that gets me to laugh every time. The cab driver driver knocks him out. Yeah, knocks him out. And, you know, here they're reunited again. Yeah, Dell happens. He, looks like Dell's trying to finish him off. Yeah, almost runs him over. <laughs> you know, one of the funniest parts of that scene, which I'm I'm sure you've always noticed too, is you know he Neil gets punched, then he kind of looks off to the side, and you see this car swerving around these. <laughs> other, <laughs> I mean, not even like subtly. I mean, just looks like a drunk driver, and it's Dell. <laughs> And he, Dale almost runs over Neil's head. And then he get he gets out of the car. Dale looks at the uh, cab driver, and the cab driver's yelling him, "Get him out of here! You know, get him out of here!" And Dale looks up, and he's like, "You jerk! You know, yeah, you, you need you need to help this man up. We've got a we've got an injured man here. <laughs> we have an injured man here." And Neil's like, "No, please, no." <laughs> he he gets dragged by. Part you do not want to be dragged by. Yeah. <laughs> I guess Dell just hangs out and watches. I don't know. He doesn't really defend him much he there. He doesn't, doesn't intervene. No. <laughs> then, it, then it kind of starts as, you know, one of the other biggest scenes in the film. Basically, the car ride. They're, I guess their goal is to go straight to Chicago. 
which, you know, seems like an easy thing to do. You know, St. Louis to Chicago can't be that many miles. It's probably seven. Yeah, I mean, I I would say maybe six, seven hours, maybe. I don't even know if it's that long. But, yeah, the car ride. Car ride starts, and now this is where... What happens first? I, I I think Dell is driving, right? No, Neil is first because uh, Dell keeps playing with the seat. No, that's that's after because I remember because remember it? Neil is still like recovering. <laughs> oh from, yeah, from the grab, he kind of has a high pitched voice. High, high pitched voice. That's right. <laughs> I don't. I'm just trying to think of where they switch because eventually they switch. Yeah, I don't think the movie touches on it, because then Neil's driving. They switch a couple times, really. At the scene. Yeah, because Neil's driving in the next scene. Yeah, and that's where the seat, where Candy's jacking with the seat. Yes. It breaks the seat. <laughs> He's trying to get comfortable, man. Oh, uh, and that's that's what he says about his shoes. He can't get his shoes off. He can't yeah. get over. <laughs> It feels like that's perfectly fine. <laughs> Do not take your shoes off. And they kind of jab at each other here again. Yeah, a little and, bit of a fight. And he's like, they each tell each other what gets on their nerves. And Bill's like, <laughs> well, well, you play with yourself too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> Which Neil's offended by, and they kind of go back and forth on that. But um, now this is when Neil decides to go to sleep. Yeah, they they switch back. Yeah, a little Del, bit after this point. Dell's driving, and Neil decides he's going to take a nap. Um, Dell is a man of the road, and he just, he gets into that drive, <laughs> man. He turns on the radio and uh, yep, cranks up some tunes. Yeah, we have the mess around by Ray Charles blasting out of the stereo. I don't know how Neil's asleep. They're doing the mess around. Everybody doing the mess around. Ah, everybody was juice. You can bet your soul. They did the boogie boogie with a sturdy roll. They mess around. They're doing the mess around. They're doing the mess around. Everybody doing the mess around. I, you know, I never thought of that. How is he sleeping? I mean, <laughs> Dell's playing the piano, the saxophone. He's jamming out, man. You know, one of my favorite parts of that, you know, when he's playing the song, you know, he lets go of the steering wheel and there's snow all over the road. <laughs> Not the best vehicle either. And the car's swerving all over the place and he just, you know, calmly grabs the wheel and keeps on going. Yeah. There's no one else on the road, thank God. But, but uh, yes, yeah, during the mess around where we have our first, uh, well, I guess maybe second moment where Dale almost kills everyone. <laughs> what happens? Yeah, he, he he tries to, he thinks he chunks his cigarette out the window. That's right. So yeah. it, it lands in the, uh, the back seat. Hmm. Well, <laughs> well, he starts to get hot. <laughs> so he wants to take his jacket off. And before you know it, you know, his arms are pinned back. They they uh, get latched to the, uh, basically, the seat adjustments. Yeah, like the little and, loops at the end of the uh, the arms. And the poor guy, he's driving with his knees. 
Don't know why he didn't think of touching the brake. Yeah, yeah, I don't either. I don't either. Never takes his foot off the gas. No, he, he's on a mission to get to Chicago. <laughs> I like when they cut to his uh, it's his knees or his thighs, basically, steering the wheel. <laughs> like that low tuba comes in like... <laughs> <laughs> It kicks in, but, um... Then he's, you know, furiously trying to get loose, you know, (laughs) from his restraint. So the car veers off down an exit ramp at high speed. (laughs) And before you know it, he looks up and there's a stop sign. Mm -hmm. Luckily, he's able to, you know, he slams the brakes, the coat tears, the car spins around, which leads them into the wrong direction. They're (laughs) going back down the interstate in the wrong direction yeah he basically the car spins like eight times and then he just starts going straight again like not even worrying about where <laughs> they are and this wakes up nil of course i mean Nil doesn't really know what's going on i think he says uh he almost hit a deer or something oh, we, we almost hit a deer that's all are you all right yes i'm fine yes i'm fine <clears throat> it's getting pretty hot in here you ought to take your park off yes yes i will He blames it on a deer. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, he's just like, oh, okay. Yeah, he's like, all right, well, let's go. So, yeah, like you said, they get back on the ramp. It's going the wrong way. They are going head on into traffic. But there's not really a lot of people on the road. No. So you're thinking, you know, this is late at night. This is. <clears throat> yeah, we're at like two, three in the morning, probably. They're driving and someone on the other side, you know, they notice they're going the wrong way. <laughs> and this is it kind of kicks into some of my favorite scenes right here. They're trying to get their attention. Neil rolls down the window. He's like, what? And they're like, you're going the wrong way. Or no, before he rolls down the window, that's when that's when Dell gives this funny line of, they want to race. <laughs> they want to race. You know, come on. Hey, what's going on? Some joker wants to race. Don't race. That's ridiculous. All right, come on. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> and that's when Neil rolls down the window and they scream, you're going the wrong way. And Neil tells Dell, they say, we're going the wrong way. How would he know? He wants something. Uh, he's probably drunk. You're going the wrong way. What? You're going the wrong way. He says we're going the wrong way. Oh, he's drunk. How would he know where we're going? Yeah, how would he know? Thank you. Thanks a lot. Terrific. Thank you. <laughs> what a moron. They're going in the wrong How would he know where we're going? <laughs> <laughs> They're drunk. <laughs> And I love, I just love it when, you know, Neil kind of believes that they're drunk too. And he's just like, oh, thank you. <laughs> thank and you. Dell's, you know, mimicking, you know, showing them like they're <laughs> tilting the can back. Yeah, Dell, thank you. And then he <laughs> does the Taps little. the horn. <laughs> does a little drunk motion. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he does tap the horn. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. And then I think that's when it cuts to two massive semis right, driving right beside each other. Side heading, by side. Yeah, heading their way. And they're going straight on. It goes on for another 30 seconds or so, I think. Like them driving in the wrong direction and the other car trying to tell them, right? While they're, you know, talking 
to the people across the road, they turn around and, you know, there's the headlights. (laughs) (laughs) And what, I'll let you take it what happens here. Well, by, you know, just by a stroke of luck, they're able to fit between the two semis. Why is Dell already driving in the middle of the road? (laughs) (laughs) Because the two semis are in two lanes going towards them. Dell's in the middle of the lane (laughs) already. You know, just by pure luck, while they're talking to the people, he must have drifted. You know, he's all over the road anyways. That's true. true. We've seen that at the rental car place and, you know, during the mess around. Yeah. (laughs) The the guy has no... He's not a great driver. He's not an in-between-the-lines kind of driver. We saw how he pulled out at the airport before he almost killed Neil. (laughs) Yeah. That was rough. I just like to think that he dropped something and, like, he reached down to grab it. (laughs) But they end up going in between the two trucks and it unleashes one of the greatest scenes ever. Kind of comes out of nowhere, you know, to where, like, Neil turns into a skeleton. (laughs) And then Dell's the devil. Dell's the devil. Neil looks over at Dell, and Dell is dressed up like Satan, like laughing, like this this old school 1930s stereotypical looking devil <laughs> costume, like with the little plastic pitchfork. You're going the wrong way! What? And Neil, like, turns into a skeleton very briefly, like, twice. And um, something I was telling Jeff yesterday, I noticed while watching the film again, is that you hear this high-pitch, scary type of scream come from uh, Neil during that scene. Like, right as he turns into a skeleton, it's like this banshee-type noise that <laughs> comes out of his mouth. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah, but I, I need to go back and watch it. I, you know, I've never noticed it before. Yeah, it's right. it was so funny. But somehow they survive it, get in between the trucks. Finally, you know, uh, Dell decides he wants to slam on the brakes. <laughs> <laughs> after they've cleared the trucks. Yeah, after they've cleared the trucks and they launch the uh, – that's his trunk that they launch, right? It is, yeah. Right in okay. the middle of the interstate. So I guess, it, yeah, the trunk is on top of the car and it's like a catapult. <laughs> People, you know, that were the ones that were telling them we're going the wrong way, just you know, drove off. You know, you would think they would pull over. <laughs> we just witnessed the most epic thing we've ever seen while driving. Yeah, I love it. You know, Neil he gets out of the car when they first stop, mm. and he looks down the side of the car, and this thing is just mangled <laughs> on both sides. The, the trim is ripped off. The mirrors are gone. Scratches yeah. irreparable. And yeah. I, it's like those old cars that used to have, like, the wood paneling on the sides. <laughs> yes. Yes. Ruined. Oh, it's completely destroyed. Yeah, it's it's really bad. They go to get the stuff out of the road, because, I mean, it launched all of their stuff in the middle of the interstate, <laughs> and cars are coming quick. So they get everything out of the road, and they decide they need to sit down. So they sit on top of the trunk, back facing the car. And I always think it's so subtle how you know the car's on fire, because you just hear, like, a... <laughs> You know, and just <laughs> you see a really faint orange glow hitting their back, you know. You know, uh, something that's also kind of funny is, you know, when they move the tr- the trunk off the interstate, 
Mm-hmm. And there's some cars that uh, hit their horns, and you see <laughs> Dell like you know lift his hand. He's like, "Yeah, we're okay. Go on, go on." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he starts directing traffic. <laughs> He's always trying to help out, man. You know, the flash of fire from the car. Mm-hmm. They they just, you know, it's just a casual look back. That's right. And it's just like, you know, what else can go wrong? You know, this is not phasing me at this moment. It it doesn't really. It doesn't really phase him until Dell um, talks about how he rented the car. <laughs> well, Neil starts laughing. He's like, it's finally happened to you. Oh, that's right. <laughs> How could you rent the thing anyway without a credit card? I mean, you couldn't. I mean, how could you do it? Oh, I gave this gal behind the counter a set of shower curtain rings. You can't rent a car with shower curtain rings, though. Well, uh, somehow your, uh, diner's club card wound up in my wallet, and I, uh, just... You stole it! Not exactly! You stole no, my card! No, I swear my life, I, I did, you stole I did it. not you steal stole your card! card and then you rid of the card! His diner's club card, or whichever credit card it was, ended up <laughs> in his wallet. And I love, and that's um, what he, uh, rented the car with, which he, he had several credit cards, um, but you think he would have noticed it when he was trying to rent the car in the first place. Yeah, and Neil's mad, and and basically Dell's reply is, "I thought you put it in there." <laughs> it's Wait, why would I do that? <laughs> why would I? Put I thought it you in? put it there. Why would I put it there? Kindness. Kindness. <laughs> the, the kindness of your heart. <laughs> kindness. Yeah. <laughs> And he basically, Neil asks Dell, where's the card right now? And Dell says, I slipped it back in your wallet uh, when we stopped to fill up. Well, Neil had put his wallet in the glove compartment. <laughs> That's so right. He did. It was getting toasted in the car because the car yeah, was on fire. Yeah, it's in total flame. Yeah, it's, just, it, it's yeah, bad. The interior, <laughs> gone. It's pretty much shot. Are you mad at me? Um, but they still, they still managed to make it to a motel, the El Rancho Motel. And they're in really bad shape now because they're basically driving a convertible. <laughs> they're driving you know, like a skeleton of a car. Freezing cold temperatures. You it know. probably helped. I mean. Luckily that- they had heated seats at the top. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say the hot car probably helped. You could have killed me slugging me in the gut when I wasn't ready. That's how Houdini died, you know. <laughs> it probably felt nice. But oh, this, but this, this is thing where pulling they're trying to get into the room. lot. Mm. Oh, yeah. they The attendant comes up, and they're, <laughs> this, they're desperate. They're so de- desperate. It's definitely not a nice-looking man like Gus. No. This guy plays by the rules you know you, you, you gotta have the 4250 up front you know it's like, i don't you own know. the place <laughs> <laughs> neil gets a little shrewd he knows he's got a bargain you know you mm-hmm. know 
basically make a trade. He's got, what's he got, like $17? $17, yeah. So he pays him that, and he, he gives him a really nice watch. You know, yeah. probably a watch that costs, you know, bucks. hundreds of dollars. Yeah, yeah. And so maybe Dell- the, Maybe the band costs that much, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dell's in the back, um, you know, watching this deal go down, maybe taking some pointers. And I think he assumes, actually- that Neil's going to let him share the room. <laughs> Which he does not. Yeah, he says, get your own room, basically. And that's yeah. when Dell decides to try to pull the same thing. You know, he I think Dell only has like three bucks. And a yeah, Casio. It's all, it's, <laughs> you know, he's like, the money is in a ball. So he's <laughs> like spreading it out on the counter. <laughs> I think there's like, yeah, two bucks, some change. Like, there's just random like lint and <laughs> maybe a button or something. I don't know. And then the best form of salesmanship, you know, he, oh, he, yeah. he pops the band off on his Casio watch. <laughs> he slides it down the arm of his coat. Drapes it over his arm. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, like this is like a, a Rolex, you know. <laughs> well, doesn't the owner say, uh, he goes, so do you have $17 and a nice watch? Nice watch? <laughs> No. Um, unfortunately, Dell's watch came from, you know, Kmart or something. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Certainly 12, not a designer watch. 12 bucks at the most. Wouldn't you love but to have that watch? It's probably not too hard to uh, find. No, I mean the actual watch. Oh, you mean from like the prop piece? Yeah. If Oh, if they sell the same watch, I need to go back and watch it and I'm going to I'm going to buy that watch. The, yeah. And Neil gets his room. The room is big. It's a big room. It's a nice. It's really nice for a motel. Two beds. You know, fully furnished. Yeah. Well, it does have it does have a lock on the phone. Neil tries to call home, and and That's you know, true. I, I I never, I guess I probably thought about it before, but I never it never really sunk in. His wife hadn't heard from him in like three days or something. Yeah, because probably not since what because before the Braidwood. Yeah, because remember, Neil tries to call his wife when Dell's out there selling shower shower curtain rings after the bus ride, and that she's at the pageant. Yeah, his little girl is having the pageant, and he doesn't get his wife. So this guy, so his wife is worried. He cuts to his wife in the movie, I believe, and you know she don't know where her husband is. I'm I'm surprised she hadn't called the cops. But <laughs> he's um, somewhere in the country. I don't know where. <laughs> he's with a man named Dell. Oh, we know Dell. <laughs> Good guy. You know he'll take care of him. <laughs> Shower curtain ring guy. He's in safe hands, ma'am. He's in safer hands than if we had him. So it becomes obvious that Dell couldn't cut the same deal with the uh, motel guy because Dell ends up sitting back in the car and pretty pretty emotional scene where he's talking to his wife uh kind of out loud saying that she wishes you know she was here with him right then and neil goes to bed but i think his conscience kind of gets the better of him and he takes a look outside to see where dell is and you know well marie once again my dear you are as right as rain i am without a doubt the biggest pain in the butt that ever came down the pike meet someone whose company I really enjoy. What do I do? I go overboard. I smother the poor soul. I cause him more trouble than he has a right to. God, I got a big mouth. <sighs> when am I ever going to wake up? I wish you were here with me right now. But I guess that's not gonna happen. 
now, anyway. You yeah, know, he's you know, it's it's snowing at this point. When he oh, sits yeah. down in the car, the snow starts coming down. Yeah, car's still probably a little hot. So, yeah, you know, no top on the car, so it's not like he's inside. Yeah, but Neil, you know, Neil feels bad for him. He tells him to come in. You know, have another bed. <laughs> I love how the movie cuts to them just chilling out. <laughs> <laughs> Dale immediately has his pajamas on and they're just uh they're kicked back in the room eating some Doritos and having some little bottles of uh whiskey. Whiskey from around the world, you know, like Yes. Well whiskey what is it? He has like a gin and a tequila. <laughs> Bad combination. <laughs> oh yeah, Doritos and tequila. Yeah. You know, when I'm dead and buried, all I'm gonna have around here to Prove that I was here with some shower curtain rings that didn't fall down. Great legacy, huh? At the very least, the absolute minimum. You've got a woman you love to grow old with, right? You love her, don't you? Love is not a big enough word. It's not a big enough word for how I feel about my wife. To the wives. To the wives! Well, I'll tell you, as much trouble as I've had on this little journey, I'm sure one day I'm going to look back and laugh. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> oh, I'm laughing already. Oh, God. Oh, when that car blew up. Was that seat hot or what? <laughs> That's like a big whopper. <laughs> Turn me over, I'm done on this side. The part where John Candy gets up to go to the bathroom and he, he's stepping over a bunch of po spilled potato chips. He's yeah. laughing like a kid and Neil's basically, <laughs> yeah. Neil's basically like, you know, I feel like I'm in summer camp. That's when Dale comes out of the bathroom and he's still drunk, you know, he's still laughing like a nut and he tries to turn off the light and it shocks him. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> potato chips. <laughs> They're everywhere! <laughs> Why do I feel like I'm at summer camp? <laughs> I don't know how the hell is this turn on. <laughs> she just kind of yells and it cuts to black. But the next morning is... It snowed a little bit. Yeah, they're buried. They got to push the car out. They can't get out. I always thought it was funny that Neil was the one pushing. <laughs> God, you would think the less weight in the car. Yeah. I think Dale has a bad back, though. He does mention that, doesn't he? <laughs> I think he does. Yeah. <laughs> While Neil's trying to push it out, Dale reverses it for some reason and gasses it. Right through the side of the motel. Destroys it. Destroys it. You know. Yeah. And, you know, the the guy at the hotel is fired at this point because there's no ID, no no credit card. That's true. I, mean, he's a, I didn't think a, about that. They did not give him an ID, so they have no clue who it is. No, the big trouble. The cars, well, he they'll probably find Dell because everyone knows Dell. <laughs> but the car is unrecognizable. No ID, just a description. That's basically it. They Can you imagine waking up to that big hole inside of your business? <laughs> oh, he still has that watch. And I like I like the next scene because it shows them it shows them driving down the highway and it kind of recreates 
a scene from earlier in the film when they first get the car. When they first get the car, there's a camera shot starting at the front of the car and kind of dra- gradually kind of shows the entire side of the vehicle, like in pristine condition. It's just a, it's just a shot in a movie, basically. But then during this part where they're in the burnout car driving down the interstate, they do the same shot. So you kind of get a comparison shot <laughs> of how horrible it is now. And it's just falling apart. It's horrible. Dell doesn't know how fast he's driving. The speedometer's melted. It's and, hard to uh, tell with the degree of accuracy. Oh, well, yeah. And they get pulled over, of course, and uh, the car gets impounded. So they're kind of back to square one. And I'm not sure Which where I, they are. The, yeah, they're just somewhere. They're close to Chicago, but maybe, you know, they're, an hour I, or two out. I think, I think, I want to say three, and I only say that because I think Dell says that when they get a ride. Which... There's like an unanswered part of the movie here. If you notice, oh, yeah? uh, when the truck's pulling up, Dell has a black eye before he gets on the truck. That's true. Which, you know, he's never struck in the face up to this point. That's true. Neil only punches him in the gut because mm-hmm. that's, you know, because Dell was concerned about him getting punched in the gut because that's how Houdini died. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> That's how Udini died, you know. Um, kill a guy doing. He that. mentions that when they're going into the El Rancho, I believe. I, I think so. <laughs> Which I don't understand that because he he put that off until they got to the El Rancho. I don't know why. But anyways, uh, the car gets impounded. They end up like in this little city about three hours away from Chicago. But of course, I guess Dell runs off and finds a a truck driver. <laughs> He that's does. willing to give him a ride. And that's that's where we start with the scene where Dell gets out of the truck and he has a black eye, which we don't know where that came from. It's and what just, is, why don't they ride in the front? He says that the uh, truck driver's nervous about people riding in his uh, cab. <laughs> right back to Neil's bad luck again. This yeah. is a refrigerated truck. <laughs> it's like a milk you know, truck or it's something. It's a milk truck, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're in the back of the milk truck going to Chicago, which... If we want to stop there, let's think to Home Alone. What's happening in Home Alone? They're in the back of a truck, right? Yeah. D- doesn't doesn't the woman in Home Alone get into the back of a truck with John Candy's character and the polka people? Yes, she does. And they're going Same. to Chicago. Yep. I never made that connection before. I think, before we get back to the movie, I think the character in Home Alone is Del Griffith. <laughs> That's just me. <laughs> I like to think that John Candy's character in Home Alone is Del Griffith. Kind of, you know, he's moved on with his life. He's doing well. He lives in Chicago now, apparently. Maybe he, you know, he he watches uh, Neil's kids a couple times a week. <laughs> but um, He's like the uh, inherited uncle. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, they're in the back of the truck heading to Chicago, and they get there. They get to the, uh, to the L, or... And that's kind of where they uh, they say their goodbyes, right? Happy Thanksgiving, Neil. Okay. Just give my love to the family, will you? Same to you. Maybe I'll get a chance to meet him one day. Okay. Uh, say hello to Marie for me. I feel like I know her. Yeah. So. And uh, you have a happy Thanksgiving. Hey, you know it. <laughs> so long. Yeah, and this is the, uh, the final goodbye, because... You know, they're, he's home at this yeah. point. But Dell knows that he really can't tag along, you know, yeah. that far. 
And you can tell Dell wants to. Dell wants to continue this trip. Because, I mean, this was the distraction for him. Which, you know, you kind of find out later. A little more about that. But, but yeah, they say their goodbyes. And Neil heads off. Kind of starts reminiscing. That's where he connects a few things that were said, you know, while they were trying to get back to Chicago. Uh, yeah. he, he basically put the puzzle together. He, he figured out Dell's secret. Yeah, kind of what's going on. And I guess the audience could, too, when they're watching the movie. Because um, Dell does say, you know, two to three things throughout the film that, you know, kind of kind of suspicious as far as his uh, home life and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, Neil's kind of thinking back on the trip. He's kind of laughing at a few moments. And, um... He's thinking about he's thinking about the Thanksgiving turkey, in the <laughs> licks licks his chops a little he, bit. <laughs> I kind of cringe at that moment because <laughs> they show like a scene of him like thinking of things and he thinks about his kids, uh, his wife, and then it, like shows like someone pulling like a cherry pie out of the oven. <laughs> yep, a turkey, and then a turkey, and he's like, yes, finally. And then he starts thinking about Dell right after that. The music changes a little bit. And, um, you know, he's like, I need to go back to the train station. Something's not right. And he gets back to the train station. Dell, what are you doing here? said you were going home. What are you doing here? I, uh... I don't have a home. Marie's been dead for eight years. That's such a powerful scene with the music and... I'm sure it caught... I don't know, probably 19 out of 20 people off guard. You know, oh, their yeah. First, their first watch of the movie. Well, I think you're already kind of sad because you like Dale and you don't want him to split up. But then you hear that. And yeah, that had to have been like gut-wrenching when you saw that in the theater <laughs> for the first time. I think that's what, my, that's what got my dad all teared up. And me too. I mean, I remember yeah. us sitting there just teary-eyed watching this. Going, oh, my I God. Mean, there's, there's times that I, I, I watch the movie, you know, every year and there's yeah. times where you know you get that pressure in your throat you know like the lump in your throat yeah yeah like I, honestly i think the scene i mean there's a couple scenes but the scene where neil is on the uh, the train and he's thinking back on the trip and it's showing like a little montage that's what gets me that's where it kind of starts to get me because it does give you it kind of gives you that feeling of when i mean you know, like for me personally it, you know i dated becky in south carolina um, we went back and forth, you know, flying back and forth. And that was always really hard to leave, you know, to leave her and stuff like that. And it kind of gives me that same feeling in a way when you watch it. You can you can kind of um, understand how Dale feels in a way. Because as far as Dale's concerned, I mean, Neil had become one of his best friends. Neil just didn't really see it that way. No, he, you know, just another guy. Yeah. Know, through most of the movie. But after Dale you know, reveals to Neil about his situation. It just, Neil just is kind of taking it in, kind of looks down then looks up at Dell and man, that's, that's where that scene starts.
you're it's, you're just so happy. You yeah, go from feeling yeah. so sad to just thrilled. The ultimate high low point, or actually a low high. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it cuts to uh, Neil and Dell, trunk in hand, walking to Neil's house, and just that that great uh, theme kicks in. <laughs> <laughs> and you can tell Dell is kind of nervous. He doesn't really want to, you know. He says, "Like, I'll just stay for a few minutes." You know. He's, you know, no, come on, come on. <laughs> yeah. Which it would be, you know, it would be a little, uh, like, oh, you, yeah. know, you know, am I intruding? You know. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, he probably felt like I'm going to this, basically. I mean, I don't know about wealthy, but very well-off man's house. I've basically been not keeping Neil from getting home, but I certainly haven't helped. <laughs> so, <laughs> So they uh, they go inside. Uh, Neil is introducing Dell to the kids and the family, and his wife, I guess, hears him and is upstairs and is as upset. I mean, she's upset, but she's so happy he's home. And you know, I think the big part of that when I first saw the movie, I always thought, why is she making such a big deal about this? But like like we said, I don't think she's heard from him in like four days. So <laughs> she, don't, she doesn't know what's going on. Yeah, where is he? There were no cell phones. There was no way to, and you know, he tried contacting her and, you know, they had no money. They, you know, when he tried contacting her, he couldn't get her. So yeah, it was a huge relief to see him there. You know, she comes down the stairs and that's where Neil introduces Dell to his wife. Neil and his wife, you know, give each other a hug and a kiss. And that's when it cuts to Dell and he's kind of, he's kind of, you know, grabbing his hat kind of uncomfortably, you know, because he takes his hat off. I think he's thinking about his wife at, at that point. Yeah. Yeah, it, it it ends in a it's a movie that ends in a freeze frame. You know, actually, a lot of John Hughes movies do end that way. That's true. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he's a big smile on his face. You know, it wraps it up perfect. Oh yeah, I mean, it's kind of up to the audience to use their imagination. I mean, I'm sure he joined them for dinner. Oh yeah, you know. She, I mean, there's... he probably carved the turkey. <laughs> <laughs> he probably grabbed the knife before Neil could get it. <laughs> It was waiting at the head of the table. Uh, I, I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> Maybe had him like a dinner cigarette, you know? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Can you imagine the stories, though, at that dinner? It was probably fantastic. Oh, yeah. Somebody should write a short story of the dinner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I bet the kids loved him, too. You know they did. Oh, yeah. So it, it ends. It ends with... Uh, uh, every time you go away, the song and with uh, Del Griffith's face cuts goes to black, and that ends, in my opinion, one of the greatest movies ever made. Honestly, I would put it. I dare say number one, maybe number two. I wouldn't uh, argue with it. I mean, holiday movie, you know. Oh I, yeah, I'm talking. Yeah. I'm talking Christmas. You know, any type of holiday that they've made movies after. I, I would actually put it at number one. I agree. And it doesn't push itself super hard as a Thanksgiving movie either. I mean, it's it's mentioned, but I mean that's the reason why he's going home. Yeah, but I'm saying yeah, but I'm saying it could also be a Christmas movie. I mean, you know, it it like you said, it could be any holiday around that time, kind of. But yeah, like like you said, it's as far as like an impact of watching a film, it it never fails in that you know sense. It's 
just so so good. I mean, and and I don't I don't use the word the term perfect movie very often, but this is a perfect movie. There's not a single flaw in this film. The comedy and the drama just mix so incredibly well, and they both do just probably it's probably their best performances. Yeah, each of them from any film. Yeah, it's definitely Candy's, and I would definitely say it's Steve Martin's too. You know, Candy's death only adds more emotion to the film, really. So yeah, that's our. Uh, We've always wanted to do this kind of. I mean, we never really had a podcast in mind to do it, but we've sat down and we have torn this film apart piece by piece. And I think we've done a, I think it's worked out pretty well, don't you think? I do. Uh, I feel like I've actually watched the movie. You know, everything <laughs> has, it I basically refreshed in my mind the whole movie. Yeah. Yeah. I and mean, I it's... haven't even watched it recently. I, you know, I plan on oh, really? watching it before Thanksgiving. I haven't watched it anytime, you know, soon it definitely sticks with you it's it's not one that you necessarily have to watch a bunch to remember i mean because there's so many scenes that are just so incredibly classic and and you know movies that i guess you could say tug on the heartstrings a little bit you know those yeah. are the ones that you typically remember that's true that is that is very true man i'm so glad you you're able to join me on this i think it worked out really well and i think this is going to be a really good thanksgiving episode yeah it was a lot of fun yeah thanksgiving special plane strains automobiles perfect yeah i think we're done man we're gonna wrap it up maybe del griffith will knock on your door someone like del griffith (laughs) let him in let him have dinner And maybe he'll have some amazing stories. Yeah, just don't write, don't write anybody off. That's true. That that is true. I think I think that's one pretty cool message the movie has is that you know you never know who you're dealing with really. I mean, even if they are obnoxious and kind of drive you crazy, they there's a lot of stuff that might be going on in their life. So I think Del Griffith is a good representation of that, and I like to think that he spent his remaining days with the family. And apparently, he became a polka player or a. Uh, not, a polka member or whatever, a polka band, because that's what he is in Home Alone, right? He is, yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you haven't watched the movie, I put my one hundred percent suggestion out there to do it. Yes, it's probably uh, on TV today on Thanksgiving Day. Probably so. And you know, in fact, some of these cable stations need to like run a twenty-four hour marathon of this movie. Yes. It should get the Christmas story treatment. I agree. It, <laughs> it deserves it. I think that wraps it up, guys. Happy Thanksgiving. And uh, thank you for, thank you to Jeff for joining us. We're definitely going to have you back, man. We had a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, we're going to be – this is kind of where our every other Friday episodes start. So we'll be with you not this coming Friday, but the next Friday. And uh, Rex will be back, and we'll see you then. See you later, guys. Yeah.